Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I am Jim Galante. He is Andrew P. Shea. It is Penn State, Ohio State week, Andy. It's coming fast and furious. If you're a college football fan, these are the games you can't wait to see, right? Yeah, this is the one. And this will be for the big picture on the national stage, Jimmy. Penn State's kind of been um, in the weeds, right? Like they haven't really been front and center. Ohio State's been front and center a bit more. Obviously, they played Notre Dame and they also played Maryland. So... Penn State has been a very quiet team on the national front in terms of big, big games, but they're going to get one now, and and I think they're ready for it. But it's very exciting. Yeah, it's just awesome. To your point about kind of hiding in the weeds, I don't want to go so far as to say it's disrespect, but of the top seven teams that are undefeated before you start getting the one-loss teams like Texas and Oregon, Penn State's seventh out of seven. And, you know, there are people who complain about that. The fact is, they'll get their chance starting this Saturday against Ohio State. So, you know, don't don't worry about that ranking. Not, not relevant, at least right now. All right, Andy, so let's, let's talk Penn State, Ohio State. Before we got on the air, you mentioned to me you were doing some film review on the Buckeyes. What'd you see? Yeah, I was. Just, I just watched a lot closer. I watched parts of the Maryland game, and I watched all the Notre Dame games. So I, I went back and watched, you know, the shorter version of it uh, a lot closer. And I watched it from like, what is Ohio State? What do I see as them doing well, and what do I see as sort of you know sticky points for them? There were a couple of them. There was one on each side of the ball that grabbed me that I didn't fully see live. Their offensive line is, they struggle. Their offensive tackles particularly struggle in pass coverage. Their entire line struggles to run block well um, when all is equal. So that was one that stood out to me as you look at what Penn State's defensive front and their front seven or eight or nine or however many Manny Diaz decides to throw in the box there when he wants to bring pressure, whatever that looks like. That was one thing that grabbed me is is what will that matchup look like on Saturday? And the second thing that grabbed me on the other side of the ball was in relation to watching Penn State this year, the teams that they've played and the running backs, and their running game has been very good. Not great, but very good, I would argue. Linebackers play a key role in that. And I, Ohio State's linebackers against Notre Dame and Maryland, they struggled as well. So I... I identified those two things as sort of what I see as Penn State having opportunities in the game on Saturday. I like I like Ohio State's quarterback a lot, Jimmy. I think the quarterback position is going to be critical in this game for both teams. And I, I like where both these quarterbacks are going into this game. I think Ohio State might be nicked up a little bit and some of their big players may play, might not play. I don't know about that. That that wasn't relevant for me, but I, I think it's going to matter come Saturday. 
Penn State seems to be as healthy as they need to be. So those were just a couple things I looked at and and saw in terms of what Ohio State this Ohio State team brings to the table. Andy, and what that does for me is confirm a a thought that I've had most of the season, which is Ohio State traditionally they bring in the best talent. They're always highly ranked with the recruiting. Now, we know that's an inexact science. This season, it feels like talent-wise, they've come back to the pack a little bit. Maybe it's over the last couple of years, as we saw Michigan handle them the last couple seasons. So, And it feels like this is Penn State's best team under James Franklin. It's the most talent that they've had. What I think is significant, though, is the point you made about the offensive line, specifically the tackles for Ohio State, and that's where Penn State is strongest with their defensive ends. Got to feel like they're its advantage Penn State, and also the entire Penn State defensive unit is the best unit going to be on the field this weekend. Yeah, in many respects, as... Penn State's a better team, top to bottom, both sides of the ball, position by position. Yeah, Ohio State has Marvin Harrison, who's ridiculously good, by the way. And they're better at the wide receiver position. There's no doubt about it, Ohio State's better at the wide receiver position. I think the quarterback position's a wash. But anyway, going up and down, I think Penn State's the better team overall. Both defenses are good, Jimmy. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Ohio State's defense isn't like, you know, ranked a hundred in the country. They're they're a top ten overall defense. They've they are a, a, a formidable opponent. But I just feel like it, this particular year, right now, Penn State is the better team. And and far as closing the talent gap, I I tend to agree with you. I think if Ohio State takes one has taken one step back the last couple of years, just one. Now, they still had a very explosive offense last year, but if they've just taken a step back and say Penn State has taken a step forward, which they clearly have, that's not in recruiting. I think that's in talent development, Jimmy. It's having talent and developing it at another level. That's going to close the gap. That's going to make a difference. Penn State has been so close in these games. They've been competitive with Ohio State in the James Franklin era for the most part, despite having a disadvantage on the talent gap, right? Now it's more equal than it's ever been. What's that going to look like? That's what Saturday is about, Jimmy. <laughs> well, let's let's talk to quarterbacks a little bit. Uh, you said you were impressed with Kyle McCord, but he's not C.J. Stroud. He's not Justin Fields. He's not one of those guys yet. And at Penn State, uh, Drew Aller obviously is the highest-ranked quarterback that uh, James Franklin has brought in. That, in my opinion, is where the talent gap has really shrunk, where I think pretty much every single season of the James Franklin era, Ohio State had the definitive better quarterback. Not this year, though. Yeah, no, that's clear. He's not a he's not the flamethrowing gunslinger that Ohio State has brought to the table most on most other occasions, right? They were 
they they could throw the deep ball. They had multiple options on the deep ball. He's I, I like Kyle McCord. I think he's really good. I think he's really efficient. I think he understands the offense, but he's not a flame flowing gunslinger. They're not going to score twenty one points in in you know four and a half five minutes on three possessions just by throwing seventy yard bombs. That's not the way. That's not the quarterback he is. I don't think that's who Drew Aller is to a degree either. There's a lot more similarities and differences between these quarterbacks. I think Ohio State has a little bit more around their quarterback in the pass game in terms of the receiver position, but I think Penn State has more depth in terms of options for Drew Aller to throw to than Ohio State has. And I think Penn State has a better running game and a better offensive line around Drew Aller. So, I think how these quarterbacks perform with their strengths and weaknesses, right? It kind of washes out for me a little bit how these quarterbacks perform in those tight situations, third and six, third and seven, you know, those kind of things. You know, are they going to turnovers? Are they going to make mistakes? Is either one going to have a mistake prone day? And in those tight situations, it's not going to be about the big plays, Jimmy, to me with these two quarterbacks. It's going to be about the small things that matter, taking care of the football, how do they perform on certain down and distances to keep their offense on the field. Those things are going to matter most most for both quarterbacks in this matchup. And Kyle McCord has to face Penn State's defense. ay 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 Andy, you know, you brought up the idea that don't make the mistakes, make those third and five plays. But the narrative has been about this Penn State team they're not getting the big plays. They're not getting explosive plays from the running backs, and they're not throwing the ball deep and getting those uh, big plays out of the passing game. And the narrative is, well, they're going to need to be able to do that against a team like Ohio State. Fact or fiction? Fiction. They're still scoring 30-some points a game, Jimmy. I mean, their offense scores points. Does it really matter how they do it? Do they have to send the ball down the field when it's not a strength of theirs, right? It's clearly they don't have game breakers down the, you know, going deep down the field necessarily, or it hasn't developed or revealed itself as, you know, a a wicked part of the offense. What is, what's the difference between one 47 yard pass and, you know, two two 10 yard passes to the tight end and a 15-yard out to Keandre Lambert-Smith. I don't see the difference in this offense. I think it's built around balance and being very balanced. It's built around not making mistakes and turning the ball over. And it's about the ability to be effective in the red zone. That's that's the key to everything. All right, you hit a 50-yard bomb, but then you kick a field goal. What does it matter? I don't think stretching the field for this Penn State offense – is is a big deal. I think it's 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 just fiction to me. If you ask me fact or fiction, it's fiction. If it happens, it's a bonus. It doesn't have to happen for this offense to be powerful. And you know, Andy, if it's there, obviously anyone would take, you know, that 50-yard play over the top. But I think what happens is if you've got a team that's saying, you know what, we're not going to just go over the top to do that, where Maybe you complete one and you miss on five or six or seven others and you put yourself in bad position. I would rather, you know, 
take the check down, pick up seven or eight yards on first down, then throw the incompletion deep or turn the ball over. But if you it's incomplete, you end up second and ten, and all of a sudden you are behind the chains. Yeah, I I two hundred percent agree with you, Jimmy. I couldn't. I, it feels weird saying that because I like to disagree <laughs> with you, Jimmy. But I I like the way this offense operates itself, despite the lack of big and explosive plays from from the receivers and from the running backs. Right? We haven't had a bunch of forty and fifty and sixty yard runs from the running back. But yet, at the end of the day, you're like, oh, well, they got 30-some points on the board. They're helped by their defense more than anything, Jimmy. They're given more opportunities by their defense than most other teams. Very good, Andy. All right, that's going to be it for quarter number one. When we start quarter two, I'm going to ask Andy what's his key to victory for the Nittany Lions and for the Buckeyes. Stay tuned for that. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. He's Andy Shea. I'm Jim Galante. We're getting you ready for Penn State versus Ohio State. And Andy, you know, in the first segment, we were talking about, you know, some of the strengths and weaknesses of Ohio State. We're talking about Penn State's offense. Do they need the explosive plays or not? I think you and I are both in agreement that they don't need the explosive plays necessarily to score. If it's there, great. If Ohio State keeps bringing everybody up to stop the short passing game, the running game, and all that, 
and it creates some availability over the top, fine. But it's not it's not required to win this game. So here's my question. What is the key to victory for Penn State? That's a really interesting question, Jimmy, because usually in Ohio State-Penn State matchups in the James Franklin area, you're talking about what Penn State has to do exceptionally to compete and make and get across the finish line and beat this Ohio State team. Like It's more about what Ohio State brings to the matchup and how Penn State has to sort of cover that up, slow it down, make it not as prevalent. You know what I mean? Those kind of things. I think in the matchup this year and the matchup in this game, I think the shoe's on the other foot. I really do. I think it's more incumbent this year on Ohio State to sort of figure out, let's start with the obvious. How are they going to move the ball and score points against this defense on a consistent basis? Is this going to be a low-scoring, grinded-out affair? Are they going to be able to get to 21 or 28 points against a defense that has the best, they're the best pass defense in in the country. They're number one in college football in sacks, number one in tackle for a loss, number one in total defense. They're the number two ranked defense in the country against the run. The defensive front is now fully in bloom and is a terror off the edge and pushing through the middle. What does Ohio State bring to the table to counter this defense. That, to me, is is the key matchup. And it's the shoe on the other foot. I said the shoe, not the horseshoe. <laughs> but I just that, was, that made myself laugh. Sorry, Jimmy. The shoe, I think, is, is incumbent. It's on the other foot. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like, what's Ohio State's offense going to bring to the table against this Penn State defense? That is my big question is, can Ohio State bring enough to the table against this unit to win that football game. I haven't seen it. I'm not sure it happens. It could because Ohio State has some weapons. But, man, Penn State Penn State asks is going to ask a ton of questions of the Ohio State offense. And generally speaking in this matchup, Jimmy, it's been the other way around, hasn't it? It has. And, Andy, you know, for me, the key here, I'm kind of going to give the mirror image answer the circumstances I believe that you present is accurate. It's now what could Ohio State do to beat Penn State's defense? How creative can they be? But I'm confident in Penn State's defense that they're the better unit. When you flip it around, I think Penn State has the situation of don't beat themselves. You know, I think in prior years where they Penn State was the underdog had lesser talent, they would have to find creative ways to win it. Now, this season, I really believe it's they have to find ways not to have creative ways to lose the game. When I look back at uh, some of the games where Penn State's offense has bogged down, they've done it to themselves. They've shot themselves in the foot. How did they do it? Drop passes. Penalties. Or the infamous, the quarterback and receiver were on the wrong page, you know. And there's a uh, thing going around, an analysis here of how is Penn State on the road. They have not played well in their two games on the road. Drew Aller is throwing like 50% completions on the road versus 70% at home. Looking back at those games, and I went back and watched the Penn State-Illinois game, 
And they did it to themselves with those things that I just pointed out, Andy. Yeah, it's you you have to expect there's always going to be sudden changing games, right? How how you react to those matter. And is it the the situation and timing also matters of when you make the mistake, but it is it is it something that's prevalent? If this Penn State offense if there's, you know, two or three drop passes, Drew Aller throws two picks, you know, they have a fump, they have two fumbles and lost one. They have seven penalties for 77 yards and six of them are offensively. They're losing the football game. You just can't make those consistent mistakes. You can have a little one. Okay, maybe they have a few, you know, off, you know, false start penalties and maybe the defense jumps off sides. You can have a couple here and there, but you can't start stacking up little mistakes that sort of add up in a game this big. They become sort of under a microscope like this. They become game changers, Jimmy. So you're 100% right. Penn State doesn't have to be perfect. They just have to be solid. They're going to make mistakes. There's going to be sudden change. It's how they react to that, and are they stacking it up on a consistent basis that would really be the undoing of them? They're going to – I don't think Ohio State's going to come out and beat Penn State on its merit. I think Penn State's going to have to help Ohio State a little bit. I think on the other way around, I think on its merit, I think Penn State can come out and beat Ohio State on a level playing field. That's that's the interesting part of the game for me. I I agree with that, and so the question becomes – Here's Drew Aller, who, by statistics at least, did not excel in his couple road games. Now it's an environment like Ohio State, going to his home state of Ohio. You know, how does he react to that? I don't think that will bother Drew Aller, just based on his personality, the you know, his calmness, his poise. So I don't think that will affect him. But as I said, watching this, uh, the Penn State-Illinois game, though the timing of those mistakes, as you said, a drop pass ends a drive. A personal foul penalty ends a drive. Those are the things that you need to avoid, the drive-stopping penalties. So, Andy, let me ask you about a specific matchup. Penn State is number one against the pass. Ohio State has perhaps the best receiver in the country. Maybe he's the best player in the country in Marvin Harrison. How do you see that matchup playing? Well, Penn State's got two corners to choose to match up against Marvin Harrison, right? They they have outstanding pass defense. I think, you know, I think it's going to be – I think it's going to – it's interesting – it's what does everybody else do and where else does the ball go? He's got a couple other wide receiver options that he can target, but obviously in those key situations, he's going to want to get the ball to Marvin Harris. What does Manny Diaz do to take Marvin Harrison away other than just, you know, one-on-one against Kalen King, which everybody wants to see, right? Like, and you're going to see it. You're going to get some of it. But what does he do in the on the second level to actually make, Marvin Harrison and the McCord connection really have to work hard to make it happen for them. So I, I think it could be a wash. I think, you know, Marvin Harrison's that good that he's going to get some. He's going to get some of his. But I also really, really like what Penn State secondary can do 
against a team that wants to throw the ball, which Ohio State wants to throw the football a little bit. So I think that's going to be the actual key matchup for me is beyond Marvin Harrison, what does Penn State's defense do to keep Ohio State from being comfortable in its own skin and using its, you know, sort of middle middle downfield passing game to be effective for its offense? That's going to be a very important key for the Penn State secondary. We've been touting them all year. It's time for them to make it so. Okay, Andy. I usually wait to the last minute to ask for your prediction. I've given us a couple minutes so I could get your take on it. Then I can give my take. Give me your prediction and your bold prediction. So, yeah, I think, so I'm going to say, I think Drew Aller, Drew Aller has to play better. Drew Aller has to play well. I And I say that from a from a road game perspective. He has to play better than he did against Illinois and Northwestern on the road. He simply has to be better. He does not have to win this football game for Penn State. He is it is not incumbent on him to go out and have a 30 for 35 396 yard and four touchdown game for Penn State to be efficient and effective and win this football game. But he has to be better. I think Ohio State's offensive line struggling is a big concern in this game for me. They're not great in run blocking. I think Penn State's defense will have the ultimate say um, in this game. Look, the Nittany Lions have been good, but the uh, and their offense is balanced, but they haven't been flawless. But their defense has been a game changer in every single game, irregardless of the, the opponent. I think Penn State's the better team. I'm going to pick Penn State, even on the road. Defense travels, Jimmy. Penn State 23, Ohio State 17. And I'm going to say Drew Aller throws my bowl prediction. I say Drew Aller's ready. It's time for him to show up and show what he is. And we've seen it. and We know what it is. He's going to throw for 300-plus yards. Wow. Uh, That is bold. I'll tell you, I'll give you my side of it. I've already put it out there, Andy. I'm calling it Penn State 28, Ohio State 17. I know that's a big number. But I feel like it's what maybe it's, you know, 21 17 late, and Penn State just nails it down in the last minute with that last touchdown. But to me, here are the two keys. On offense, I mentioned it before for Penn State, they've been pretty good about not making mistakes, which has to be the case if you're going to march the ball methodically down the field. They've got to keep that up. No interceptions, no crippling penalties, no blatant drops. The other side of the ball, you know, I asked you the question of Ohio State wide receivers versus Penn State DBs. I think it's the other part of that passing game. Is the front seven getting pressure on Kyle McCord so he doesn't have room to make those passes? He's under pressure, under heat. We've seen it time and time again. Quarterbacks crumbling as the game goes on because they're constantly being pressured, constantly being hit. And as I said, my take is 28-17. And I think that Penn State's running games, they're going to wear them down, and we're going to end up seeing in the second half what we've been waiting all season to see, Andy, a big run from Nick Singleton, one of those 50, 60-yard runs. 
I think this is the week that we finally see that. Okay, Andy, that's it for quarter two. Stick around. We got your questions. We're going to ask Andy. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter three. You know what it means? It's time to ask Andy. We take your questions. Andy gives the answer, and at the end of the segment, he'll pick out the best question, and they get the 409 Tailgate Club prize package. Andy, you know, oh, let's a reminder, if you want to send in a question for Ask Andy, download our app, Keystone Sports. You'll see the Ask Andy and Ask T. Frank button, and off you go. All right, Andy, let's start with Eric and speculator new york i don't think i've ever heard of speculator new york andy on fox's college football instagram account this week they asked a question who'd you rather play for ryan day or james franklin and scrolling through comments someone made an interesting comment they said they'd rather play for james franklin because he built the program and didn't inherit one great reminder that penn state football it was on death's doorstep Bill O'Brien was the ER doctor who kept it from dying. Franklin is the doctor who restored it to health. Question, is this the season that Penn State returns to full health, or are there still areas of the program that still need healing? As always, thank you for all the great work on the podcast. Interesting. I would I would rather play for James Franklin. Um I would rather have my son play for James Franklin. I thought what Ryan Day did 
after the victory against Notre Dame was childish and amateurish. Um, emotions run high, but emotions also are revealing, right? Like your, your true character sometimes gets revealed in emotional moments. Um, and I was not a fan of what Ryan Day did. In terms of what the program needs to be fully back to health, that's a really interesting part of the question. And I don't necessarily see anything anymore because the quarterback, the five-star quarterback was the, was sort of the big last missing piece of the puzzle that, you know, you had talked about for six, you know, the last five years was could James get an elite five-star talent at quarterback and level the playing field a little bit on that front. And I, you know, we've got that in Drew Aller, so he's checked that box. I, I don't see any holes in the way he has set up and has the program rolling and structured right now. But it's a very interesting question. And I loved his analysis of, you know, O'Brien and Franklin, how the how it was, you know, keep them on life support and then build them back up. It was a great. Good job, Eric. And you know what, just to add to that, Andy, yes, I think that analogy to the medical situation was a good one. And I think a lot of fans forget where this program was 10, 12 years ago. It was on death's doorstep. You know, the death penalty was an option out there that they were talking about. And people thought it might be a decade or two for Pence, if ever, to recover from it. And it happened pretty darn fast. And the one other thing which I really liked that you said, Andy, was if you had a choice of who to play for, but even more so, who would you rather your son play for? And that's not, in my mind, an indictment of Ryan Day. Programs have a a culture to them. And Ohio State, Alabama, they have a certain culture, which is a very professional, we're here to become NFL players. And for some players, that's the right way to do it. At Penn State, I will give James Franklin credit for worrying about the rest of the player's life, not just the football. And that produces a culture, a winning culture, I think, overall, not just on the football field. And uh, yes, so for you to say that's where you'd rather your son play, I get it. Let's go to Daniel in Bell Vernon, who says, It was great seeing Bo Perbola make some plays against UMass. My question about him is, do you think Franklin and Yursich have some trick plays utilizing him against Ohio State? And if we hopefully take control of the game early, do you think they will use them with intent to put the Buckeyes away? Or do you save save those trick plays for November 11th and Michigan Wolverines? You don't... uh, The answer... I like the premise, Daniel, but the answer is no. You don't put Bo Prabula in the game to trick Ohio State. You're not. Because through the first six games, you haven't used him in any other situation other than when Penn State's sort of had the game in hand. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you bring him in now, say, in the second quarter, okay, it's a changeup, but you pretty much know the kid's going to run the ball. He can throw it, but you know something different is coming if you put him in the ge- in the game. Excuse me. So, right now, I I just don't see that as a as a legitimate option for Penn State 
to sort of do. I think they have to introduce him a little bit more if they're going to do that for Michigan, say, for example, like you asked. But I, I like the role he plays for this team, and I, I like what he brings to the table when he comes in. I think they're comfortable and confident in their QB, too. And it's they, they play to his strengths. But bringing him in and trying to trick Ohio State, first of all, I don't think it'll work. Second of all, I don't think you need to do it. It's not necessary. No, you don't need to push the envelope that far. I don't see a need to push it. I think that's a good point, Andy. And I think it's, I don't want to say you would be desperate to put him in, but I think it's would be out of character. If right. we were going to see him now, I think we would have seen him already. I I thought the Illinois game in the first half when they were struggling, or even Northwestern, Agreed. where it's like you need a little something different, a change-up. That would have been the time to do it, and there probably would not be the same pressure as there would be bringing them in in that kind of situation at Ohio State. Now, I, I know a lot of people, and James Franklin keeps threatening, we have a package for him. I'd be curious, does that package involve bringing him in for an entire possession? Is it like a third and short? Is it a red zone situation? And one last note here, which I find fascinating, Andy, uh, a lot of people are talking about Penn State doing that as their kind of gadget, their changeup. It was actually Ohio State that did that last week. They brought in their backup quarterback in the red zone, who's a much better runner than Kyle McCord is. So it's fascinating. Penn State's been talking about it all year. Ryan Day did do that. Okay, let's see. Uh, Let's go with Brian from Georgia who says, if, and I know it's a big if, we beat the Buckeyes, what team qualities can the staff tap into to ensure they stay 1-0 moving forward and not celebrate like they won a Big Ten title already or that this win guarantees them the playoffs? Also, if we could beat Michigan, that would deny them win 999, which would be pretty sweet. Don't care about that. Great work, guys. All right, how do you keep the team even-keeled if they beat Ohio State, Andy? You, yeah, I think this is pretty easy. You go into the next meeting and you, you don't, you, you, you don't, James likes to do the one week at a time and you start with the next team on your schedule and you put their record up and then you put the record of the other teams that you have ahead of you that are going to play and the victories that they've logged and show we haven't accomplished anything yet. We took a step towards where we want to be, but we are definitely not where we want to be. And these are the roadblocks that are in front of us. If we can, if we look behind us and ride, let that train that's behind us already, which would be in this scenario that Brian brought up beating Ohio state. If we let that define us, what's ahead of us will absolutely crush us. So it's very difficult, especially you know, if Penn State beats a, a, a marquee game like this against Ohio State, because they're one and eight under James against Ohio State. We all know it. Um, I think you have to, you're going to still focus on what's the business at hand, but you also have to focus on what our goals are and where we are trying to get to. 
And this team, rightfully, should have aspirations to win a Big Ten championship and be included as part of the college football playoff. There's no reason to have any other goal. Andy, you know, I think James Franklin has been setting himself up to answer this question for the last 10 years. You know, the 1-0 mantra, of course, that he puts out there. But I think there was also how he treated post-game UMass last week. Instantly, he was asked questions about Ohio State. And yep. he said, stop, not going there. Yeah, We just won a college football game. Wins are precious. Doesn't matter who you play. There's a finite number of those when you're a player. We're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate this win. We're going to do that for a day. Then tomorrow we flush this out, and it's all about next week. He he's When he says that about UMass, that's the precedent for the following week. If they beat Ohio State, I look for the exact same answer from him. We are going to celebrate this for the next 24 hours. We're going to celebrate this win. They're precious. They don't happen that often. You know, for a college player, there's a finite number. We celebrate it. And you know what then? In 24 hours, we flush this and we look forward to Indiana. Yeah, no, you, you're you're 100% right. He's He's got a... He's got a method to his madness. I, I agree with you 100%. And it, it's irrelevant of the opponent. The opponent is irrelevant, too. Who you beat and who you play next is is almost irrelevant. It's the messaging that's the same. Right. That That's it. Obviously, everybody in the world knows the difference between Ohio State and UMass. And right. trust me, the players know it. The coaches know it. The world knows it. But James Franklin... We're going to treat them the same. It's a win. We'll celebrate it. Then we flush it. We start talking about the next game. All right, Andy. We had some good questions today. We need a winner. Who's it going to be? So I I liked I you know I liked Eric's question in New York about who you'd rather play for in that. But I think the Bo Perbula question, which is legitimate, Daniel and Belvern, and the the Bo Perbula question. Because Bo has played so well, right, Jimmy? He's done exactly what Penn State would have wanted from him when they put him in the game. That's a really relevant question for the Ohio State game. So I'm going to go with Daniel Bell Vernon. I like it. Okay, we will go with Daniel. Although I don't think we're going to see him unless it's mop-up time. All right, Andy, that is it for quarter three. Quarter four, stick around. We've got Sean in for Sean's take. He's going to make his picks for this weekend. Stay tuned for that. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. 
Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I am Jim Galante along with Sean Gold for another edition of Sean's Take. This is where Sean is going to look at some of the big games in college football this weekend and give us his take on who he thinks the winners will be. Last week, Sean, 500, 2-2-1. You know what? A couple of those California teams you were saying ahead of the time, they let you down, didn't they? You know, they did. I was trying to support the local teams for me back at home, and they threw it right back in my face. So we've got a California team on the slate today. We're going to see if if I've forgiven them or if I'm a little (laughs) upset with these California teams still. Well, there are new Big Ten buddies, UCLA, USC, let you down. But, Sean, I've been telling you, I've been riding the Nittany Lions from the start. You got off their bandwagon a couple weeks ago. I told you that was a mistake. And as I tell you regularly, I don't like doing I told you so, but I told you so. You were smart enough to hop back on that train. We've got now the biggest game of the year for the Nittany Lions. They are at Columbus to play the Buckeyes. And as I see it, Ohio State has a, um, they are four and a half point favorites right now. That could change a bit between now and the game, but let's work with four and a half points. Sean, are you still on the Penn State train with me? Well, you know what they say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. The Nittly Lions are a perfect 6-0 against the spread this season. And yeah, I regret getting off the train that one week. A lowly week for me against Iowa. (laughs) Now Penn State faces their toughest opponent to date on the road. This is a big time game. It's the first time Penn State will be an underdog this season. So the stakes are high here. And Penn State's defense has been one of the best units in all of college football all season long. And luckily for Penn State... My biggest concern about Ohio State is their Ohio State offense. That's the big question mark for Ohio State. 
I don't think we're going to see a lot of points scored in this game. I think it's going to be a gridlocked game. Could end up looking like that Notre Dame-Ohio State game. But in the end, I think for the first time since 2016, we will see the Penn State Nittany Lions take down the Ohio State Buckeyes. And I'd also like to add, this game could be huge because it can be the first time since 2011 that Penn State would beat Ohio State in Columbus, Ohio. So Penn State fans, I think it's going to be a good week. I'm back on the Penn State train. I'm staying on it. Let's get Penn State to get this win and cover the spread. I think it's, uh, even without the numbers, I think it's a a decent chance for the Nittany Lions to actually get the win here. Uh, It scares me a little bit that it's on the road. Penn State hasn't put up its best performances on the road. But I, I think, especially with that Penn State defense, that's the best unit on the field on Saturday. The Penn State defense... I I think they will lead the way there. All right, let's go to another Big Ten contest. This has some interesting extra ramifications. Michigan, Michigan State, we know that there's some off-the-field stuff. They go through the tunnel and they have issues with each other. This is a real rivalry. So Michigan's going into Michigan State. Michigan is a 24.5-point favorite. I've been looking at Michigan as perhaps the most complete team in the country, Sean. How do you see this game? Well, I was going to say, I know we're Penn State guys here, so I really do hate to say this, but man, Michigan has looked really, really, really good. I think they're up there with Georgia, and they may be better than Georgia, in my opinion, uh, this year. So Michigan's smallest margin of victory this year is 24 points. They have been blowing teams out left and right, And they haven't played a ranked opponent yet, but I still think this team is extremely talented. J.J. McCarthy is throwing the ball really well. The running game handles its own. They're very consistent, and the defense has looked great. So in the Battle of Michigan this year, I don't think it's much of a battle. I think on Saturday night, the Wolverines are going to deliver on national television and cover the biggest spread that we're talking about here today. So I think Michigan's for real. I think the best team in the country and I think they're going to show that against their in-state rivals. I think that's a pretty good call there, Sean. Uh, they, they've they been playing well. They they look good. They've definitely got the quarterback this year. Uh, it, it's a, a solid team, and it's a, just a question of will Michigan State, because it's a rivalry game, put up a better fight than what they've shown you know, the rest of this season. But – I do think the other part of this is when you have a big spread like that, sometimes the favorite team, they'll take their foot off the gas a little bit towards the end of the game. As a rivalry game, I I think Michigan wants to run up the score in this game. So I, I think that one's a good take. Uh, next up, let's go to the Southeast Conference. And Tennessee is at Alabama. I think both these teams have been a little bit of a disappointment. Alabama lost the out-of-conference game to Texas early in the season. Um, It's at Alabama, and Alabama is a nine-point favorite. Yeah, like you said, both of these teams this year have been relatively disappointing. But with both of them being disappointing, they both only have one loss on the season. So they're in very good position still. And there is bull implications in this game. You don't want to be a team coming out of here with two losses. That will decrease, you know, your bull potential on how high of a bull you can get in. So when I first looked at this game, I really liked Tennessee. 
Alabama's past two weeks have been pretty underwhelming. They beat Texas A&M 26-20, and then they beat Arkansas 24-21, two games that were way closer than they should have been. So Alabama hasn't been this dominant Alabama team that we're used to seeing, and that made me like Tennessee a bit. But then I noticed this. Tennessee has played five of their six games this season at home. Their lone loss came in their only road game at Florida, where they lost 29-16. to I think Alabama is going to be a very difficult environment for Tennessee to go into. Again, only one road game in six games is not a normal schedule structure, and I think that's going to hurt Tennessee this week. So I think their unfamiliarity on the road is going to hurt them here, and I'll take Alabama with a decent-sized spread at home. That It is a decent-sized spread. That scares me a bit. Boy, I that one I'm just staying away from, Sean. I'm not sure I like either one So in that game. I'm staying away from it. You've got the home team. you got the Crimson Tide. And I also do feel, even though uh, they weren't impressive in their wins the last couple weeks, I get the feeling that Nick Saban is figuring out what he does have, especially at quarterback. These are the limitations by, of my quarterback, and I'm going to work with that, and I'm going to work around it if, if need be. So... Um, I, I'm thinking Nick Saban might be the difference how he's developing that team and that quarterback specifically. All right, let's go. Let's go to the Big Twelve, where we have Oklahoma playing UCF. Now, this is the first year for UCF in in the Big Twelve. They have not been very impressive at all, and you've got Oklahoma, who off their their big win against Texas, they now. They're the undefeated team. They're the big dog in the Big 12. And Oklahoma is home, and they're a 19-point favorite, Sean. I would like to say Oklahoma, like Penn State, is a perfect 6-0 against the spread this year. So we have another great team against the spread. They're only one of the very few teams that are perfect against the spread. I think for Oklahoma, having a bye week right after the huge Texas win was a true blessing for this team. So many times... We see a team get a massive victory and then come out flat the next week because they're still on that high from that huge win. So I think the Sooners getting that week off to regroup is going to be a very underrated aspect in this week's performance. Oklahoma's road to the college football playoffs is now sitting on a silver platter for them. If they can go undefeated into the Big 12 championship game, which is very, very realistic, They'll position themselves to, one, have a guaranteed playoff spot if they win the Big 12 championship. And two, they may still have a shot at getting in even if they lose the Big 12 and have one loss. Depending on how the other conferences shake out, Oklahoma, a one-loss team, could still get into the playoffs. So this week is big for them to to continue that momentum that they set with the Texas win. And UCF really hasn't been great this season. They just lost to Kansas by 29 points. I think Oklahoma is a much better team than Kansas is. And this Oklahoma offense should not be stopped. I think Dylan Gabriel has a realistic shot to rival Michael Penix for the Heisman Trophy Award. So I like Oklahoma for the long term, and I like them this week to make some noise and handle their business at home. I th- I like that pick also. I think Oklahoma, will they're capable of putting up big numbers to cover that 19 points. It's funny, Sean, we were talking about the same thing you were about. You know, where does a team fit undefeated one loss and it's always at this point in the season there's this feeling so many teams will end up with either undefeated or one loss 
And then it always seems to clear itself up. You know, there's a couple upsets that'll knock people out. You know, we didn't see Notre Dame beating USC, which effectively probably knocks USC out of things. I'm not sure that, you know, um, if Texas, though, were undefeated, or I'm sorry, with their one loss, but unbeaten for the rest of the season goes in and beats Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game, might it not be Texas who gets that playoff berth? And we could have that same discussion with almost every conference. Let's go to the last game that you have, and that is USC at Utah. USC has to be licking their wounds a bit. Utah, they just play everybody tough. They have their, you know, Cam Rising has been out, their quarterback. It's at Utah. USC is a seven-point favorite, Sean. When I first looked at this game, I immediately jumped onto Utah. USC's defense continues to look lost. Utah's been a strong opponent all year, like you mentioned. And then the more I thought about it, my opinion started to sway. The entire college football world just saw Caleb Williams throw three interceptions last week. And I think there are definitely some overreactions to that performance. If you look back at the numbers, and if you don't believe me, go and check this. The Notre Dame game is the only bad football game Caleb Williams has played since his high school days. This was his first truly bad performance in college, so I'm not going to get worked up about it. I have that gut feeling that Caleb Williams is going to come out and play one of his best college football games against a great Utah defense and silence the critics while helping USC avoid becoming a two-loss team. So I think the Trojans bounce back, and I think they'll give us a nice little cherry on top and cover the spread as well. It's uh, going to be fun. I'm not sure what will be interest, more interesting. USC's really good offense against U- Utah's really good defense, or the other way, Utah's bad offense against USC's bad defense. All right, Sean, that's it real quickly. Penn State, Oklahoma, Alabama, Michigan, and USC. Those are Sean's picks. Good luck. Fingers crossed, Sean. Hopefully you'll get uh, a lot of wins this week. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. 
Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to revelxp.com for more info.